Tina Stadnik is a junior at EMU, majoring in German language and literature with a minor in communication. Her undergraduate symposium program, titled Feel the Burn, Bernie Sanders and Socialism in the 21st Century, analyzes Bernie Sanders' 2019 speech on democratic socialism. What was Bernie's 2019 speech on ideology about? Basically, he did it because a Nevada townswoman was like, hey, I really think that you should stress that socialism is not communism. Because especially in the United States, there's a lot of confusion between the two, because for a lot of people, the strongest association they have with socialism is the USSR, which was a communist country. So he kind of delivered the speech as an attempt to like clarify that this is what it means. And also to, you know, win the um, Democratic presidential candidate. So yeah, it's basically just like listing out why democratic socialism is not as terrifying as some people will tell you it is. He brings out the words of FDR, for example. A lot of the New Deal programs that FDR brought about were decried as socialism at the time. And nowadays they're considered members of American society. Apparently Martin Luther King himself, he's quoted as saying, call it democracy or call it democratic socialism, but there needs to be a better distribution of wealth in this country. And so bringing out specifically these people who are very respected in American society, that really helps redefine it. Um, And then at the end, he outlines his economic bill of rights, which is, like I mentioned, pretty standard social welfare programs. Tina's research on Sanders' use of ideographs stems from a paper she wrote in her rhetorical criticism class. For the paper, she had to use an ideograph and analyze a speech. This eventually became the topic of her undergraduate symposium presentation. What exactly um, is an ideograph? Yeah, uh, so the official term is it's an abstract noun used to justify the use or lack of use of power. Um, What that means is um, it's kind of just something that if I gave you a piece of paper and asked you to draw it, you would not be able to, like, there's no one thing you could draw. Like, if I tell you to draw an apple, there's something you can draw. If I tell you to draw freedom, there's like a whole bunch of things. You're probably going to have to use some symbolism because there's no like concrete thing. Um, and it's usually used for like displays or of power to justify like, you know, for example, with terrorism, that's a very big American one. Um, terrorism is used to justify um, invading places in the Middle East um, in search of homeland security and stuff like that. Um, other really popular American ones are like patriotism, freedom, equality, stuff like that. How does Bernie um, use socialism as an ideograph? So socialism in and of itself has a very long history as an ideograph. What Sanders particularly is doing is he's trying to change the definition, which is known as synchronic uh, ideographic criticism. Um, So yeah, he's using it in relation to like other ideographs in American culture and like the names of other very respected famous people like FDR and Martin Luther King Jr. um, to kind of like support this idea that socialism does not have to be a bad thing um, and just in that way change its meaning. So according to your abstract, it looks like you looked into ideographs um, such as justice and freedom in order to understand how Sanders fights the negative connotation of socialism. And uh, what were your findings? Well, it's a very much so a lot of um, the juxtaposition of those terms with um, with democratic socialism, um, like democracy, for example, that's one that he does use as well. 
every time he mentions social socialism, he proceeds it with democratic. So it's democratic socialism to like build the association between those two. Um, he also very cleverly uses this like us against them metaphor. There's like the working class and then like the big super giants of who like hoard money and whatnot. And he very clearly puts like liberty and love and justice and compassion on one side. And he also puts on that side socialism. And so on the other, when on the other side, there's like authoritarianism and oligarchy and all these things are like, it's very against American ideals. It's a very quick way to separate the two in your mind. So it's like it's forming his own part of like the political spectrum, essentially. I feel like in the U.S., it's, we're very much so in either or. We have a two-party system. It's very much so in either or. So I don't think he's like making his own. I think he's trying to push that socialism does have a place. So in that way, I guess that is a creation of a new, demo, a new um, political spectrum. And so how does Sanders' speech from 2019 affect American politics as a whole? So I think it's really too early to say definitively what it's done because two years is very little time to get stuff done. Um, But I think that, you know, the speech coupled with the coronavirus pandemic really brings out the lack of social welfare programs in the United States. Um, We have yet to see if Biden's going to like implement some of those social welfare programs, but like... I think that Sanders did have enough of an impact. I am convinced that Kamala Harris was chosen as a vice president because as an attempt to appeal to like far left voters who otherwise might have voted for Sanders as a third party candidate, just because, you know, vice presidents are often chosen to bring in key demographics and stuff like that. Um, So I feel like because of Sanders' speech, he has that power and it's so much so that it has, it's already affected choices that the Democratic Party has made but it's still too early to say for certain what the extent of those effects are going to be. So if you had to like, I guess, pick a side it would affect more, do you think it's affecting the left or the right more? I think it's just gonna kind of affect everybody. Um, Uh, Maybe right now it's more so affecting the left just because they are the party in power right now and they are a little bit closer to, like I mentioned earlier, if. Sanders forms his own political spectrum that's going to branch off the Democratic Party. So they're kind of already kind of close. They're a little bit easier to affect. But long term, who's to say that's not going to affect the right as well. So what were some of the predictions that Sanders had for future changes? Uh, Well, Sanders didn't really have that many predictions for future changes. He does call for what he names the Economic Bill of Rights, which is just... um, pretty standard social welfare programs, uh, universal health care, paid sick leave, um, stuff like that, secure retirements, uh, guaranteed housing. Um, so he doesn't really offer many predictions. He offers things that he thinks are going to happen. Um, what I think is going to happen is a little bit less optimistic um, because I know that it's very hard to get people to change. And despite the work that Sanders does in his speech, there's still a lot of um, stigma around socialism as a term and as an idea. And so there might be change, but given um, Biden's history as a moderate liberal, it's going to be very, very slow in coming. Um, And it's hard to say for certain if anything is going to happen at all before the next election. Thank you, Tina Stadnick, for talking about your undergraduate symposium project. Tina presented on March 26th on the Forager One platform. 
You can still view her presentation through the link on our website. Her presentation, titled Feel the Burn, Bernie Sanders and Socialism in the 21st Century, was pre-recorded. Viewers are able to watch this until the end of this week. This episode was written by yours truly, Kayla Trefill, and it was produced by Ronya Kabansag. To listen to more episodes of our podcast, visit easternecho.com. The podcast section can be reached via email at podcast at easternecho.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, be sure to tune in for the next episode.